I was raised Catholic, and I remember walking into my first Bible study and feeling so intimidated, and no one spoke to me, and honestly, I was scared to death. The good thing is not in this house. In this house, we're all here to learn something. I'm not doing this study for you, and I mean this. I'm not saying empty words. I'm not doing this study for you. I am doing this study with you because I turned 60 this year. So I know there's other women older than me, but look at me. At 60, I still have a lot to learn. So as I'm calling through these promises in the word of God, I'm doing it for myself. Y'all just, I'm just sharing it with y'all for fun. Okay, I really did this for me. Sorry. Um, a wise girl always resources herself. Keep, bring a pen, bring a pad, take your phone out, take notes, because you're going to want to go back and reference some of the things that you heard. You are worthy of the investment of this time. And I want to remind you that each of you are going to get out of it what you choose to put into it. It's the, the law of sowing and reaping. Our heart is that no girl would be left behind. And I'm going to stay close to my notes tonight because I have a lot to say. No girl will be left behind. I pray that by the time this study is finished, that there will even be more girls that are in the room tonight, not because we need more warm bodies, but because women need to hear the truths of the word of God. There is a principle that says, and I shared it with the lead team earlier when I spoke to them, that the house of God is a strong tower that people run into to find safety. And I shared with them, you know, in good seasons of life, y'all, pre-COVID, people aren't running for safety because they're just living their best life. There was no need to run for safety. Post-COVID, up is down, down is up, right is wrong, wrong is right. Nothing makes sense. Everything is being shaken and and pulled in every direction with the exception of the house of God, the family of God. In the word of God that is unchanging. It is the only thing that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is why people run into the house. That's why all the congregations are blowing up because people need to find a place of safety. That's why you need to invite your friends for the next few weeks after you experience tonight. Um, managing expectations, bring your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, ask your small group leader. She will get you a Bible. I recommend the NIV. It's easy. I hate to say this, kind of like Bible for Dummies. You can open it up and you're going to get something out of it. Even You don't have to be a theological student, right? Okay, everybody start somewhere. Just start. We're going to start every week at 6.30 sharp. We will have the two songs like you just experienced. We're going to have a word from me. And then we're going to break down into small groups. These small groups are being hosted by women who are so excited to meet you. If if you're not a real social girl, it doesn't matter. Sit in a small group and just listen. You don't have to even participate. You just have to be present. And they're going to ask you, we're going to go over a list of questions that I've submitted to them just to prod some conversation so you can start absorbing what you're learning. After that, they'll come up, they'll put a little bit of instructions on the screen, they'll bless you, and then you'll go home. So just a little bit about me. So I'm born and raised in Lafayette. I love all things Lafayette. I'm the fifth of seven children. I've been married now for 42 years. I'm the mom of six children. I've lived a blessed life. I lived in Old Town Lafayette. So you know where downtown is? You know where St. John's Cathedral is? Okay, that's where I was raised. On my street, I was raised here. One set of grandparents was across the street. The other set of grandparents was right here. We lived kind of communal in the best of ways, not like in a weird 
TLC documentary. I mean, you just were raised with your family and your cousins. It felt very safe. My mom, to this day, has the most beautiful raised home with a little white picket fence, everything you think would be dreamy in this world. But next door to them, my grandparents. My grandfather and my grandmother were both gardeners. And very young, I acquired this passion Now, I was a tomboy, so I was going to be outside anyway doing something, getting in some kind of trouble. But I acquired this passion for gardening because I shadowed them. And also because my grandfather, who was a poker player, very good at his job, I want y'all to know, he would pay me with his little monies that he would bring home to help my grandmother weed the garden. Okay, the title of this series is called A Heart Well Tended. So just get the concept of a garden, okay? It was there that I learned words like cultivation very young because I remember my grandmother prepping soil to get the optimum blossoms on her flowers or the best fruit that she's going to plant or the best vegetables. That's called cultivation, how to prepare the soil. I learned how to enhance different soils. That was called fertilization, okay? We like beefed things up, you know, pumped all kind of unhealthy things in that so we could get, eat really good, beautiful food. Okay, how many gardeners do I have in the room? Then you know, well, then the rest of y'all, y'all just gonna have to tag along. Oh, good, I'm gonna teach y'all something tonight. Maybe you will get a love for gardening. But because of those weeds, I learned about things like herbicides, pesticides, Roundup, because these weeds were everywhere. Lucky me, I made money off of it, but they were everywhere. So even if you're not a gardener, you're smart enough to figure this out. When you plant tomatoes, what do you get? Tomato, very good. This is a smart group, girls. Be mamas, y'all could be proud. When you plant potatoes, what do you get? When you plant cherries, what do you get? When you plant nothing, what do you get? Wrong. When you plant nothing, you get weeds. Trust me, it comes out honestly. This went all the way back to the very first garden, the Garden of Eden. Okay, what they didn't plant still bore fruit. Because we live in a falling world, say it with me I got weeds. Everybody in this room has weeds. I don't care if you're standing on this platform, you're sitting on the front row, or you're sitting on the back row. We have weeds. Of all the things we did plant and nurture, these we did not. But somehow, y'all, they just keep showing up, don't they? They just keep showing up. It's called the second law of thermodynamics. Anything left to itself generates to a complete state of disorder. Anything left to itself. Y'all left your house tonight with those children. You're hoping you go home and your house is still standing. Because anything left to itself, as a mom of six children, I, I trust me, I know this story. And no one will own it, just so you know. It'll all be somebody else's fault. I just wrote this. In our time together this evening, I want to talk about some big girl issues. Because when I look across this room, I do see big girls. I don't know how you see yourself. I see beautiful. I see strong. I see competent. I see capable. So because I see big girls, do I have your permission to speak to you as though you are a big girl? Say that a little bit louder. Y'all heard it. It's on video. Okay. I want to speak to y'all honestly tonight. Girls, what we're passionate about, we nurture, we tend, and we protect. 
You're sitting there rocking that beautiful baby because you're passionate about that precious baby. And because of that, you nurture, you tend and protect, correct? It's what we do. Just guessing when you left home tonight, because you have a home and you love your home, you probably locked the door, you might have turned on the alarm system, right? When you got out of your car tonight, you probably beep, beep, made sure it was locked because it's important to us. And so we tend it and we protect it. Seeing all the variables in this room tonight, there is one thing that we all have in common, and those are passions of our heart. And hearts need to be tended because left to themselves, they run amok. This shared assignment we take seriously tonight, it should dominate our thinking because when we don't pay attention to this area, it has dramatic consequences, ladies, on all areas of our life. Being careless in this one area affects our marriages, our parenting, our friendships, and honestly, our overall quality of life. So tonight, I'm going to be speaking out of Proverbs 4, and they're going to put these passages on the board. So you can just write the reference, and you can read it with me, and you can go back and read it later. But I want to read it to you right now. Proverbs 4 says this. Beginning at verse 20, listen carefully to everything that I teach you and pay close attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into your very core and your being. So above all else, guard your own heart with all diligence for out of it will flow the issues of life. I don't know about you. I was a pretty good student. I wasn't the top of my class, but I was in the upper part of my class. Someone, someone would tell me something like this, above all else. What do you think that actually means? Say it. Right. It just means there's everything else. And then there's this. This is on a whole nother level. Above all is above all else. So the wisest man that ever lived on this earth, aside from Jesus, was a man named King Solomon. Not just Christians believe that, scholars believe that all around the world. He's telling us with all his life experiences, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. And y'all as women, for some reason, we tend to have issues. Girl, we got some issues. I only have one daughter. I can see in the eyes from across the room. Mm, that's the issue going on right there. And oh, sorry, Amberly. So she actually is such a gift. So we're going to read that together again, and we're going to read it out loud because this is the passage we're going to study tonight. You're going to read it with me. Is it on the screen? Are they putting it on the screen? There we go. Okay. Beginning at verse 20, listen carefully to everything that you want to read together that I teach you and pay close attention to all I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all else, guard your own heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. This is our God mandate. This is the word of the Lord. It's not a good idea. It's a God idea. So ladies, I want to just give you a couple of little principles. External discipline, which is temporary, 
equals behavioral modification. It's when you tell your child, if you do that again, you're going to get a spanking. That's external behavioral modification, right? And then you have to do that again and again and again because it's very temporary. It's external. It's childlike. But internal stewardship, because remember, I'm speaking to grown women in this room who are big girls. Internal stewardship equals transformation. It's both lasting and it's far-reaching because when you get it, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you. So God, our well-intentioned Father, looking out for our best interest and our well-being commands us to, above all else, guard our own hearts. The text I'm speaking from, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back. Okay, I find it fascinating. I did a study on the heart. I find it fascinating that the heart, okay, remember, Jesus could have chose to dwell any place within our bodies. Where does he live? In our heart. The heart is represented and referenced 826 times in the Bible. That means our hearts have something to say. Ladies, my heart has something to say. But you know what? Your heart has something to say. The problem is in the busyness of our lives, we don't often make time to listen. And that's a big problem because that's when weeds come in and take over. A wise girl pays attention to her heart and she's learned to prioritize it well. How many older women do I have? Let's just say I'm 60, so let's just go 65 and older. That makes me feel young. Okay, is what I'm saying true? At your age, are you still cultivating your heart? Are you still having to tend your heart? Is it a daily thing? Thank you. That's the wise women in the room, those who are older and wiser. See, our hearts are the control panel of our lives. And oftentimes, we tend to override the rational part of our logic of our heart. Lord knows this is true. We just kind of press override. I don't know why we do it. Call it a blonde moment. I come by it honestly, but we do it. Tonight, it's my joy and it is my honor to introduce you to your very own heart. And I mean this. Listen to me. Everything I'm saying, I want you to personalize. Say this with me. My heart is smart. Okay, scripture tells us Our hearts are intellectual. The word of God says my heart ponders, it considers, it perceives, it understands, it remembers. Try telling your heart to forget the most traumatic experience you've walked through or the most joyful experience you've walked through. It is 100% impossible because our hearts Remember, our hearts are intellectual. Our hearts are also emotional. They experience joy, sorrow, lust, jealousy. They experience affection because they're emotional. Our hearts have a will. We are determined. We're strong in heart. That saying is biblical. We are strong in heart. And I don't have time to put all the scriptures for every word that I'm giving y'all. But all of this that I'm telling you is scriptural. Strong in heart. Our heart moves us forward. Matthew 6 reminds us that wherever our treasures are, there our hearts will follow. Our hearts have a path, their life. Most importantly, our heart is moral. They can be gentle, 
It can be holy. It can be pure. It can be hardened. It can be perverse. It can be faithful. We've all heard it said, oh my gosh, that woman, she had a hard heart. Or what about the other woman who had, that woman had the kindest heart. She was a saint. It all originates from the heart. Our health and well-being of our lives resides within the soil of our own hearts because ladies, as our hearts go, so will we. And look at me, Hollywood's telling you, TV's telling you, social media's telling you, follow your heart. I would say tend your heart. You're gonna follow your heart straight off a cliff with the other idiot that went off the cliff right before you. Don't follow your heart unless that heart is well tended and submitted to Jesus. I'm being dead serious. Much like the daily act of pulling weeds from the garden before it literally takes over, we must daily tend to and care for the condition of our heart. And y'all, it's not even hard. The principles I'm giving y'all tonight, no one had to reinvent the wheel. I'm teaching this to you, and then you can reteach this to your children because God makes it so simple. Thank God. 1 Peter 5.8 challenges us to stay alert. Watch out for the, your great enemy, the, in, the devil. He prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy's plan is to cause the most collateral damage in and around your life, and that's why he attacks the epicenter, your heart. Because if he can get you knocked off your game, he's got you. Has the enemy ever tried to take you out to the point that he knocked you off your game? And so you felt... You got to the point where you might not even be able to recover. I have on more than one occasion. Betrayals, disappointments with myself and others. The deep loss, the why me God moments. Y'all, I want to tell you this. We all have in common this life. And God in his mercy has chosen to serve us enough of the challenging times and enough of the good times because he is a good father. He knows what he's after and he's growing us. So there are no victims in this room. I've been through hard stuff. I'm not a victim. That does not define me. Okay, I'm serious. Pitiful, say this with me, pitiful and cute. Pitiful is not cute. Do not walk around pitiful, victimized. You are not a victim. God created you to be a victor. That is why we tend our hearts. Even as I'm sharing, you're reminded of your painful seasons, your disappointment, because your heart remembers. Your heart remembers. Interestingly enough, we only have one heart. And this heart is commissioned to us for the entirety of our life through the good, the bad, and the ugly seasons. The good news is our hearts are also loyal. Say this with me, my heart's loyal. Your heart's not going to abandon you. You might abandon you. Your heart's not going anyplace. Your heart is in sink or swim. You want to know ride or die? That's your heart. God has assigned that to you for life. Because it's a sign for life, my heart deserves to be cared for. And ladies, your heart deserves to be cared for. Our most valuable commodity is under attack all the time. And that is why King Solomon said, above all else, 
guard your heart with all diligence. We guard people, we guard assets, we guard egos, we guard accomplishments. It's all a false sense of of control. None of us have that level of control. It's a false sense of control. But God gives us what we have full control over. He tells us, guard your heart. Thank God for God. Say that with me. Thank God for God. Sometimes when I think, man, who do I feel bad for? I feel bad for God. And I'm not joking, because all he has to work with is us. My God. I know there's a plan in there somewhere, but listen to me. On my bad days, I'm thinking, oops, I'm your girl. Right? So what is God's heart for you? I want you to take notes. I I have four points of how do we protect our hearts. I'm going to give you some practice. Number one, the passage is Proverbs 4.24. Ladies, y'all are big girls, so I'm going in strong, okay? Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. So what we speak... And what we hear is point one in guarding our heart. Ladies, there are stories you have no business listening to. There's jokes you don't need to tell. There are podcasts that don't deserve your attention. Things we don't need to hear lest we're tempted to repeat. Like gossip. I said it. Like gossip. Because what goes in, my friends, eventually comes out. And I've learned in my 60 years firsthand, it comes out sideways and it comes out at the wrong time. So I'm standing up here tonight teaching y'all, but I want y'all to keep in mind, when I got married to Pastor Casanova, I was 18. I was 18 years old. You know how many stupid things you say when you're 18? You say stupid things, stupider things, and stupidest things. Or Is that even right? No, stupid, most stupid, more stupid, I think. See, I mean, I don't even know what to say. You know how many stupid things have come out of my mouth? Because I didn't have these tools of literally stewarding. For free, I want to give you all this. Remember that I said this. Gossip is saying behind someone's back what you would never say to their face. And flattery is saying to their face what you would never say behind their backs. That is for the female audience here this evening. I just felt the need to share those golden nuggets with y'all. Whoever needs that. Have you ever said something that you instantly regretted? You immediately placed your hand over your mouth and you said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. I'm here to tell you. I do. It came from your mouth. And before that, it came from your heart because the Bible says this in Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. It all comes from the heart. Don't say that anymore. Let me give you the wise thing to say. When you realize you said something so stupid, you just say, oh my God, that was so stupid. I'm so sorry I said that. Own it. You'll make a friend out of it. You'll give her permission to say, oh my God, that was so stupid. Please forgive me. Don't say I don't know where it came from because everybody knows where it came from. This is a big girl conversation night, right? Be quick to remove weeds of toxic information coming your way before that information takes root and takes over. Be mindful what you hear, my dear friends. Guard your ears. Again, this is childlike. You have full control over yourself. I can't control my six children. I can't control my husband. I can't control campuses. I can't control what the weather is doing right now as a gardener, my Lord. But you know what I can control? 
I can control myself. I have full control over myself. Number two, verse 24, be free from using perverse words no matter what. So I want to speak to you about what we speak. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. It confirms that the power of life and death are in our tongues. Y'all, God Almighty formed the world with the words of of his mouth. And as his daughters created in his likeness, in his image, so do our words. When we speak words, we're either speaking life or death. And our words are framing people's lives for the good or not. Do you remember negative words spoken over you over the course of your life? Oh, she'll never. Oh, she always. Do you remember what that felt like? We need to own this one. Because if we know what that felt like, why in the world would we do that to somebody else? Why in the world would we repeat that with our own children? Let's be mindful of what comes out of our mouths because it has lasting impacts for good or for harm. You have full control. You have a choice. Proverbs 13, 3, whoever guards her mouth preserves her life, but the one with wide open lips comes to ruin. That's no big surprise. Have you ever wanted to look at someone and just say, shut up? Just shut up. You hear the woman coming around the corner again and you're like, oh my God, she's back. Shut up. The Bible says it, the one with wide open lips. I don't know. What does that mean? Okay. I'm just saying y'all, y'all said y'all were big girls. Y'all could handle it. Okay. Don't, don't be waving the white flag right now. Matthew 5, 8, all that comes from the mouth, from the mouth originates within the heart. Ladies guard what you say and be quick to apologize for what you shouldn't have. I love when pastor Jacob says this. When I can't lead by example, I can always lead by apology. So when I do something I thought was good, but it turned out not being good, leadership to me is I just need to apologize. Let it be. And you know what? What they do with that, they do with that. You're not responsible with what they do with that. That's on them. Verse 25, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. These distractions try to derail you. Don't take a detour that leads to darkness. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. I've personally found great comfort in Psalms 37, 23. The steps of the, the steps of the righteous person are ordered of the Lord. I love that God makes it so childlike. It's like taking your next step. Man plans his way. So let me just bear with me one moment. When I was young and planning my family, you know, I planned all kinds of things. I was going to have three girls and I was going to name them Stormy, Windy, and Misty. This is a true story until one of my brothers told me, what are you raising a weather forecast? Are you going to become a meteorologist? You know, (laughs) okay. When you're in between four boys, that's what they do to you. Okay. I was going to live in this neighborhood. I was going to have this kind of dog and I was going to plant this kind of garden. And I was definitely going to marry someone who was tall, blonde, blue eyes, surfer guy was my jam. (laughs) All my plans. I married Pastor Casanova, who is as dark as he's dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes. I didn't birth a daughter. The Lord blessed me with a daughter. I had five sons. I never got that dog. I did not live in that neighborhood. Thank God. 
But the whole time I was planning, my good father was ordering on my behalf. And y'all, he writes stories. God's stories are the best stories. What in the world was I thinking? And what a limited life I would have lived. Man plans his ways, but God orders his steps, if you will allow. And then those steps are called the steps of the righteous, and they'll be blessed steps. Where I stand today and I look at my life, I've lived a life that's been ordered by God. You can live a life that's ordered by God. All you have to do is surrender. It's that childlike. Psalms 101, 31 says, I will set no worthless thing. So, sorry, back up. Be mindful with your steps. Let me, let me just wait. Be mindful with your steps. Ladies, be careful where you go. You're not a victim. You only go where you choose You're a strong woman. You're a big girl. Don't get yourself in a situation and then ask, oh my God, how did I get in this situation? Well, because you put yourself there, like big girls do. Okay, just, I don't want to bemoan the point, okay? Y'all with me? Okay, let's go to the next point. Y'all got it. Y'all smart. Psalms 101.3, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the works of those who fall away. It will not cling to me. Our days are filled with a barrage of all things social media. Y'all, this is huge for us and for our families. Mamas, look at me. How many of you have children in this room? Okay. God gave you those children to protect them, to prepare them for purposes greater than you even know. If you're a mom in here tonight... Rise up and do your mom job. Rise up and do your mom job. There's nobody coming in with a white horse and a magic wand that's going to do that for you. And your mom job doesn't look any cuter or any uglier than my mom job looked. I stand here very blessed today. I live in a beautiful home. I'm very well cared for. I wasn't always. We lived years with boys living on top ramen. I can testify that you can live on top ramen. Okay, and make it. Let me help y'all. If you have these children, these are your trophies. These are your treasures. Everything else. That girlfriend that you're compromising your children over to go hang out with, she's not going to be there. I say this respectfully. I don't know where their daddy is or if their daddy's going to stay or go. Prayerfully he stays. Prayerfully he's a man of God. That's not the point. These children are your God assignment for life. Just because it's socially accepted and everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's wise or that you have to let your children do it. Y'all, when my children would say, and y'all know this old school, everybody's doing it, and I would go, not everybody you're not. They can hate you for a while. It's okay. My heart was strong. Guess what? I have six children. Five of my six children are in full-time ministry today. And one is dragging his feet, but he coming. Thank you. He coming. And even him, he's the oldest one. He turns 40 this year. 
I mean, my God, when I see these parents with these children, what are they thinking? Somebody said, Mama, you need to teach a class. I'm like, I do. He doesn't live here. He lives in Nashville. Anyone with eyes can tell. You know if you have a child who's well-raised. You know if a mama's doing her job serious. Everyone can tell. I don't care what everyone thinks, but I do care what God thinks. And I do care what my children think. Do your mom job. We guard our hearts by paying attention to what we hear, what we speak, where we go, and what we see. And these are what we protect our hearts from. However, we all know that the best defense is a good offense. And so right now, I want to say three points of what do we guard our hearts with? What are the tools to guard our heart with? Ladies, if you're in this room tonight, I want to say this. Good job. This is step one. You being here tonight, being intentional to be here tonight is step one. Strength is in numbers. Those who run with the wise are wise, and those who run with the strong are strong. This is a safe place. It is the place where people run into to find safety because it's safe. So if you're here tonight, you are amongst a company of women, not perfect women because none of us are. But you're with women who are heading in the same direction. Stay planted in the house of God. Psalms 20, I'm sorry, Psalms 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of God flourish in the planting. This is fertile soil. Let me encourage your heart when you choose to be in the presence of God, with God's people, bathed in worship, learning truths and principles. You don't learn it all at once. Every time you come, you just learn a little bit more. How many of you, when worship starts, your soul is just refreshed? Like whatever happened in your day, it's okay. Because you made it to church and your soul is refreshed because you're in the presence of God. When you do that, the soil of your heart is being encouraged. It's being fertilized. It's being cultivated for optimum results for all things good. So technically, everyone in this room is a gardener tonight because you are learning to tend your own heart with all diligence. Two, daily nurture the soil of your heart with time in his presence, in reading his word, and in listening to worship. And I want to I help you all with this. When I heard this as a young Christian, you know, there were women who were like women of God. There was like humans and then there were women of God. I've kind of changed my theology since then. Women of God. I would watch them and go, man, how do you get to be a woman of God? Like you got to pray like five hours a day. You got to read like a million chapters a day. You got to like, I don't know, all of it. That was no more God than the Catholic church that I came out of that you had to do this, that, 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 and that, and that. Let me tell you what it looks like. It's inviting his presence into your life. When I get up in the morning, I have plantation shutters and I open up my shutters and the sun comes in and I say this every time I speak to women and there's a passage that's one of my favorites. His mercies are new every morning. Y'all, I don't know what happened yesterday, but today when that sun, I say this out loud, Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new today. That makes you a woman of God. Okay, because that's the start. And then when you go to click on your music, instead of, you know, I don't know who y'all listen to. What's the trash y'all listen to? Don't be listening to that trash. (laughs) 
Amber, what, what would they what would they listen to you? Come on, not that you. I'm asking. You know. All you have to say is, you don't have to press a button. Alexa, Maverick City Music, and Jesus comes in the room. And guess what? You're making your children breakfast, and they wake up and they hear something good. And then when they leave, if you have time to sit down with your devotion and open your Bible, you sit down and you say, Lord, speak to me. A chapter a day keeps the devil away. I know that sounds silly, but I'm serious because you're doing it incremental. I'm being serious. It's all doable, y'all. It's so childlike. Don't make it something it's not. You tending your heart is between you and Jesus. Just tend it well. You have a brain. Don't listen to the bad stuff. Listen to the good stuff. Good in, good out. And now you're patterning for your children. And guess what? One day, 20 years from now, your children are going to say something like, my mama is a woman of God. My mama is a woman of God. Because guess what? They're not looking at all the other mamas. They're just looking at one mama. They're looking at you. Make room for the presence of God in your life. Quiet the distractions. Learn to hear your heart. This takes intentionality. Set down your devices. Be delib- have deliberate moments with Jesus, the lover of your soul. He sits and he waits for you. The Bible says he's written our names on the palm of his hand. Girls, he is smitten with you. I'm going to share this so brief because I'm not going to go there. Maybe I'll go there another night, one of our times together. But after the loss of our son, I was being mentored by a woman who's helping me with grief counseling for, I'm now in year four. Just didn't think I was going to make it past it all. And she had me do this, these simple steps. And she said, Michelle, every day, to the best of your ability, I want you to do this 15-minute exercise. It's called the daily eczeman. It's actually St. Francis, no, not St. Francis, it's St. Augustine who came up with it. And she said, I want you to go out and I want you to find your happy place, my garden. I want you to quiet your soul. I want you to look at your surroundings. And there's four things I want you to do. I want you to repent for anything that you know you need to empty your heart from. Just apologize, get it out, say it out loud. No one's around you. I want you to acknowledge the goodness of God. And she said it could be the goodness of God in creation. The sun came up this morning. I'm taking my next breath. I have five more living children on this earth. Acknowledge the goodness of God. And then I want you to let your requests be made known. And then I want you to just thank God for being God. And I did this every day for four years. And about four years and four months, I'm sitting out, and I'm just, I mean, this is a lot, but should I share this even? I'm sitting out, beginning of October, end of September, like Louisiana is, and I have a pond, and I'm just looking at my pond, and I'm going through this thing. And God would speak to me periodically through this, because when you make room for him, He actually shows up. And out of nowhere, 
a breeze comes and trees start rustling. And I'm, I literally think someone, like, what is going on? Like, it's a movie set. And I look and I hear a voice. And it's God. And he says, Sweetheart, in my mercy, I took Wesley home. And that might not mean a lot to y'all, but for four years of saying, Why God? Why my child? Because I am a woman of God. And my child was conceived in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And he was raised to be a world changer like all of them. The comfort that that brought me to hear God say, in my mercy, I took Wesley home. I don't have to know the why. I don't know beyond that the why. I just know that God took him home. And the peace that came over me, and I never went back to the dark, heartbroken place again, ever, ever, Ever. And listen to me, ladies, God does not have favorites. If God would do that for me, God will do that for you. I'm sharing that with you because you have to create moments for him to do that. He's not going to force his way in. Quiet your soul. Put on worship music. Start reading a chapter a day. Get a great book that's a godly book teaching you how to be a woman of God. And then third, the last one is step out of your self-world and find a way to serve others. We live in such a self-absorbed society, but it is still better to give than to receive. It really, really, really is. And when you give, you always get back more than what you expected. Step out of it. Jesus, who was the servant of all, who modeled what he meant Say this with me, what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. He meant it, but he meant it for us. So now we get to model it like he modeled it. When we seek to find our life, we're grasping. You see people grasping, they're losing their life. But when we seek to give our life away and we lose it for his sake, that's when we end up finding our life. That's real joy. That's called motherhood, right? Nobody understands it. It's the craziest thing in the world. You sacrifice everything for those precious children on two feet. That's your heart running around. You're like, oh my God. But you wouldn't have it any other way. Ladies, there is no heart like your heart. There's not one. So when I say find a place of service, someone is waiting for you to show up and they're going to receive an expression that they've never experienced in their whole life just because you showed up. To do anything, to serve with love of Katiana, to serve here in the church, whatever they, Lauren, Kayla, whatever y'all have needs of for the women in the church, just say, I'll I'll do it. The girl who's going to be speaking at one night, what I love about her, for the last 12 years, she's been on the backside of the mountain, taking people through inner healing. I walked in church one day, she borrows one of the church's rooms to do these inner healing 12 week courses and nobody knows what she's doing. Look at me, she's becoming a world changer. She's David on the backside of the mountain. She's feeding sheep. Nobody sees her until the king goes, hey, I have need of you in the palace. And that's exactly what God did. And I never get walking in one day and she's in the room and the janitor comes up and goes, oh, Miss Haley, I'm sorry. The classroom isn't clean. I'm going to get that cleaned up for you. She goes, what? Give me that broom, son. She goes, this is my house. I can clean a room. 
She didn't even know I saw that. But I remember thinking, that, that's how it should be. Because it's better to give than to receive. Serve in the house. You're never going to outserve God. I'm wrapping up, but I want to say this. I have found in my life, and this is my quote, that there is nothing more beautiful than a well-tended heart. And ladies, there's nothing more unattractive than an untended heart. And even as I'm saying that, you're thinking of people in your mind right now. It might be your grandmother. It might be your neighbor. I don't know who it is. People who you respect because they tend their heart well. When, I meet, when I'm asked to meet with a woman whose life is smothered with complications, it happens all the time as pastors, I'm not with her 10 minutes when I can look at her and go, this is the fruit of an untended heart, <laughs> period. And it manifests, manifests in a lot of different ways, but at its root, it's just an untended heart. We have the choice, don't end up there. What is your heart fallen for? And who has your heart fallen for? That's unstable, that's never gonna give back, that's not eternal, that's not Jesus. And I wrote this, I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart, so I love things, all things intimate. I love a romantic movie. I love sitting in the park and having a picnic. I love when my adult ch- children choose to share their secrets with me from their heart. Stop the whole world. But nothing is more intimate than this. Because this, what I'm commissioning y'all to do, is between you and Jesus alone. It doesn't get more romantic than that. This one's internal, where no one else sees and no one else has access until for good or bad, it all comes out. And ladies, it's coming out. Remember I said that, it all comes out. So autocorrect now that it begins coming out like someone whose heart is pleasant, beautiful, desirable to be around. This is our big girl responsibility. I want to finish with this. And I want y'all to hear me well, because I deal with a lot of women. I wrote this. This job is not assigned to your pastors. It is not their responsibility to tend your heart. It's not assigned to your friends. And I would get a standing ovation if your husbands were here. It does not belong to your husband. Because truth is, he's half clueless of what's going on in your heart. And I have a man who adores me. But it's true. They, They don't know. They don't know. This is your big girl responsibility. This is between you and Jesus. And my greatest gift to those in my life is my ability to tend my own heart. Your greatest gift is for you to tend your own heart. I pray tonight the principles that I gave you that are practical, everyone can do it. This is not hard. You just have to have the will and the desire to do it.